Okay, this week's conversation with Cooper Whittier was a great one. Now, Cooper is 19 years old, but he is wise beyond his years. We like to call him the shaman of the dust box because he's kind of like an old soul, you know. Uh, For being 19, he dropped all kinds of knowledge in this booth. The ones that stuck out to me particularly, he talked about the importance of friendship and the value he puts on friendship and their community with the dust box, you know. He truly, truly cares about his friends and their relationships, and and that was a huge takeaway for me. Um, as far as snowboarding, if you're unfamiliar with Cooper, he's one of the standouts in the dust box, one of the best up-and-coming crews. They're, they're not even up-and-coming, they're here. They're taking over. And if you haven't seen their videos, check out the dust box videos. And off the board, Cooper's super interesting. Uh, these guys make their own apparel for the dust box so they have their own screen printing operation coop does a lot of the design so getting inside his brain and and picking his brain on that type of stuff was really fun for me really it was a it was a pleasure chatting with coop now before we get into the episode i want to do a couple plugs if you want to support the show head on over to bombhole.com there we always have merch we always have t-shirts Stickers. We got all kinds of new hats. We got bucket hats, camo hats, all available again at bombhole.com, where you can also find a link to our Patreon, which is our little online community. It's a huge, huge support to the show. So you find out who the guest is before we record and ultimately get a chance to ask a question on air. You also get a behind-the-scenes look at what we're doing each and every day in the booth. You know, if we're recording with somebody and they're in the booth that day, you're going to see an update on Patreon. And we do a couple of behind-the-scenes videos that are Patreon-exclusive. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested, head on over to bombhole.com. You can find a link and sign up for our Patreon. If you're already a member, thank you so much for your support. Now, let's get into the Cooper Whittier episode. Here we go. You are listening to the Bomb Hole. Bomb Hole Podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the Bomb Hole. Don't slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go again. We are back in the booth at the Bomb Hole. Another day presented by Pub Beer and Liquid Death. Now. Stony Buds, how we doing, my dog? So good, my dog. Today, we have a little special live audience. Uh, a lot of Dustbox members are watching for this episode with, to my left, Cooper Whittier. What's happening, Coop? Ah, not much, man. Just excited to be here. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Yeah. So good. Happy to be talking to you. Uh, now, do you want us to call you Coop, or do you want us to call you the Shaman? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you please. Uh, okay, I may refer to you as the shaman for the rest All of the right. episode. Uh, and in regards to the shaman, I believe, what episode was it? Uh, Blake Paul. Ah, we coined you the, the shaman. <laughs> so you're the shaman basically of the dust box, your guys' crew. Um, some of the listeners may not be familiar, but basically one of the most heavyweight crews out. Now, for the people that are unfamiliar, they you guys drive around maybe 20 deep in two vans. Can you kind of paint a picture of what your guys' crew is like and what it's like in those vans. Yeah, yeah. Um, started off 20. That's pretty fair. I think um, most trips where we're, we're pretty crewed up, we're sitting like 
six in each van, so we all leave the Airbnb every morning, kind of link up out front, two different squads, two different plans, hop in, and then it's just mayhem. Driving, scoping, you know, just looking for spots all day long. Music. Who's got the Who's got the aux cord? That's what I want to know. Oh, dude, that 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 fluctuates. Okay, you know, I think it's kind of like a mood thing. You know, like I'd say early morning, you're trying to get juiced. Mehan, okay, he's got good tracks in the morning. Like okay. if you're trying to get fired up, you know, like maybe you know what spot you're going to. Yeah, he'll he'll toss on some. What about like maybe agony defeat? Is anybody throwing on like maybe Allison chains down in a hole or anything oh, yeah. like that? Oh okay. yeah, definitely, All right. definitely. Maybe there, that's where I'll come in with the softer. Is yeah. there like an emo van and a rap van or for sure? Yeah, for sure. Maybe like the Inspivia guys are maybe more emo. Like, like lo- a lot Jonas. of a lot of like the Smiths and Morrissey going on in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Midwest emo. <laughs> How do you decide which van you're gonna get in, dude? I think that's like you know. How how's your body feeling? Like maybe there's a crew that is, you know, it's got spots lined up, and then maybe there's there, there's more of a crew that is just scoping, mm. and maybe there's like chiller van, and then like a van that's like okay, we got like three spots that we're gonna try to go bang out, and if you're trying to just go support, maybe you want to just go with the homies that know what they're doing, and like it's easy, you just go shovel. But if you're like, hey, maybe we'll go find something and hop on it. I don't know. I think it's just like day by day mm-hmm. as it That's goes. That's sick. You mix so, it up. So who, yeah. who's Chains? Chains is the white van. That's um, Who's driving Chains? Oh, that? I mean, that's McGonagall. McGonagall's over there in the crowd for all the viewers. We're going to have to hit him with a yeah. big old air horn. <laughs> that's his van. I heard he's an avid driver. Avid driver. And then you got Mo driving the other one, correct? Yeah, yeah. Mo, um, Mo drives the black van. Now, uh, we could get right into it. We have a guest question from Dan. From he, Dan himself. He could actually, since he's a live audience member, he could actually just yell it. Uh, do you remember what it is, Dan, or do you want me to hit the button? Oh, yeah. Why don't you hit us with a live audience yell of the question? Yeah, come over to the mic and ask yes, it. Come yeah, on yeah, over. Get, yeah, get, get right Otherwise, in there. We, with the box. These guys roll deep with the box. Hey, man, always. welcome to the show. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, he's got a pub here. Yeah. Um, oh, huge shout out to Pub Beer. So spit it in the mic. Uh, spit it to this. There we Where's go. My question. I gotta think for a second. Something about uh, best and worst. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you're in the van. Yep, yep. yep. And I wanted to know. I'm there. Uh, the worst person to be with in the gang, like out of spot in the van, and then the best person to be with. So you're saying like chilling at the spot, like just you? Well, it could be like. It could be, like, maybe a time when, like, someone We're, was slacking and you're like, yo, this homie just isn't keeping up. Or, like, <laughs> maybe, Some like, of these viewers are sounds, about to get hurt. I like, like this. He knows a, a I like this. Time. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, dude. That, that's a tough one. So we're saying, shit. Somebody's going to be mad at you after this answer. No matter shit. what, it's a lose-lose. He kind of threw you under the bus for this. Yeah, you did. God damn it. <laughs> All right, which which member of the box is about to get run over by the van right now, <laughs> metaphorically? Oh, my God. Uh, fuck, dude. You got to say somebody. You can't Louis Vito yourself out of this question. <laughs> no, no, and I'm dodge not gonna... it. You got to give us a fucking answer. Here. I mean, I know I know who Dan wants me to say, and I know who I want to say, but I don't want to. Well, who is it? <laughs> say it. Dude. Name names. Dude. <laughs> fuck. 
Oh shit! Um, he's hey, looking, I mean, I'm he just looks, saying. He looks like he's trying to pull a Louis Vito right now. No, no, I'm yeah, not. But first, first year, first year. Lacking, lacking. Maybe uh, Nick Erickson. He, not the best shoveler. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Nick. So he was he was fired. not strong with the shovel. That happened. Not strong hey, with the shovel. You know, some people aren't. You some know, people aren't. Uh, Buds over here. He's not the. He's, yes. That's not where he shines. But he shines it's in other areas. You know, he's, he shines in the banter department. Yep. But he maybe isn't uh, moving mountains out there. Um, I've moved some mountains. Um, move some foot. I would say foothills. Foot yeah, I would say foothills. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> now, so the part two of the question is best. Best. Okay. That's also, that's maybe like equally as hard. All the homies, they put on. And even Nick, if you're watching this, you still put on. So I had to call you out like that. But, um. Maybe Dan. Maybe Dan. Okay, let's give him Either an Dan or Robbie. Because yeah. I know those guys, they'll ride for me. Okay, those are rider warble. Like that. But like that. That's kind of a win-win. You didn't dodge either, so respect. You uh, ever catching anybody hiding in the van for warmth because it's uh, cold out? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'll Maybe I'll pull that. You know, I, that's right. I, I've been there you a couple times. You have such a low <laughs> body fat count, it's hard for you to stay yeah. warm. I feel like me, me and Robbie get caught. <laughs> Chilling in the van. That's fair. Staying warm. But, dude, honestly, the past two years, it's been so warm all True. over the country that, like, I don't know. Shout out to Global Warmer. Yeah. Yeah. Shout that. out to Let's Global Warmer. Sweatshirts in the streets. Bomber. And you guys are on the road all season, pretty much, huh? Yeah. Yeah, January to March. So, we, I had hot takes. I had a hot takes dust box edition for later in the show, but we're kind of on that right now. So let's just okay. keep it going. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're gonna let's just try to run through these quick, so you don't don't sit there and spin your wheels about. It. Just mm-hmm. blurt out whoever you're thinking. Okay, who's the slowest getting ready? Uh, Ryan Collins or Jonas? Who's the smelliest? Fuck Warble. Who's the dirtiest? Dude, maybe me. <laughs> <laughs> who's the shaman? <laughs> Yo, honestly, maybe Warble. Maybe Warble. I, we might have to <laughs> try to divert Shaman. Okay. Who's the most hangry in the morning? Me. Okay, who gets or the tri- Colt. Who, who gets the tricks the easiest? Dude, I don't know. Warble. Who's the worst at sharing? Reed. Who's the biggest supporter of the dust box? One person? Yeah. Mo. Mo. And my favorite and last question, who's the most psycho? Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Give him an air horn for his psychoness. Good psycho. <laughs> okay, so um, we're kind of moving right along here. But um, one thing that I think is cool that you guys have going on, it seems like it's kind of like one guy gets a shot, we all get a shot. So for mm-hmm. the, just to back it up a little bit, like what we're talking about is in regards to street snowboarding, filming videos and everybody going out on trips to try to get clips for video just to be real clear. So like when it comes to that, it seems like you guys have such a good one guy gets a shot. We all get a a shot mentality. And and in, in my generation, a lot of times it was like everybody going out for their own video part. Me, 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 me. Can, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. And honestly, I think what a lot of it stems from is just to paint a picture for everybody. We leave, on the road, January 1st, and we're on the road. We're not flying in, you know, like some homies will, you know, if you got to go on another trip, but for the most part, it's like we are all there all winter long, all staying together. So I think when you get into that, it's like a little bit more of a collaborative effort in a sense where it's like, you know, maybe you'll have days where 
nobody will get a shot. So then when somebody gets a shot, dude, like, you're juiced. Because you know it's just filling time in that video. So it doesn't really matter. And, like, we spend so many days in the streets that it's, like, you're not really rushing. Because you know you're going to be out there tomorrow and the day afterwards. And if it rains, we'll drive to another city. So it's, like, it's definitely big crew vibes as far as, like, dude, you know, you can't be bummed if the other homie gets a shot. Like, you can't be, like, oh, dude, I wish I... Because, dude, like... That's the best shit ever. Like, I don't know. Like, everybody's stoked mm-hmm. when you ride away. That's uh, beautiful. I think a lot of people can benefit from hearing that. And that's kind of right along the lines of one of our guest questions, which is from Mo, who, Mo Jennings, one of the Dustbox filmers. Yeah, throw the headphones right, right, right. on. And, uh, yeah, Mo is a real gem of a human. Here he we is. Go. Here's his question. What up, Bombhole Gang? I hope you guys are doing well. I'm super excited to see that you guys got Cooper on the show. I was trying to come up with a question for Coop, and uh, I thought it'd be interesting to hear Cooper elaborate on the topic of uh, friendship and snowboarding, and how it's been important to him to not only snowboard, but to uh, be able to pursue snowboarding with his friends, and how uh, that was kind of what drove the creation of the dust box. And um, yeah, I know that Coop's got a lot to say on the matter, and I just think it'd be cool to hear it in his own words how... Uh, those friendships that he's created in snowboarding have been there for him and uh, how it's ultimately allowed him to chase his dreams. All right. Thanks, gang. Peace. Thank you, Mo. Huge shout out to Mo Jennings. I mean, dude, he, best dude ever. He is, he's, he's an angel. He's, he's the dust box angel for sure. Um, but yeah, to get into it, I mean, you know, it's, it's everything. It's like, you're not going to have fun on the mountain. I mean, sure, you'll have fun doing your tricks and, like, snowboarding's awesome, but <laughs> if you go up there with your homies, you are having much better time. And I think that that's the basis of it. It's, like, it's something that you share. And if you're not sharing it with others around you, and I get that's not something that everybody, like, has access to, like, a good friend group where you can feed off each other, but, dude, if you do, like, you gotta protect that because that's special. And it's... Dude, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade any for anything for it. Literally nothing. I would drop every single sponsor, and I say this all the time. Every single sponsor I have for my homies, like if that's what it took, like that's literally, it's all I care about. Like being in the van with the bros. That's it's it's the best shit ever. God damn, he is he is a shaman. He well, is a shaman. Well said, no, right he, there. He, he wise beyond your years in 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 so many ways here. Hearing that because I think. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot there, but <clears throat> I think about like what you said about being a friend. A lot, a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't have that many friends or this or that. And, and I think that, uh, in order to have a friend, you have to be a friend, right? So, Seriously. and what I hear from everybody is that you're a really good friend. You're like everybody I talk to, to get ready for this interview, they're like, Coop will do anything for his dogs. He puts the crew first. Like he's, he's there, he's shoveling, he's just as hype as if, if his friend gets a shot or that. And like, this is kind of deep or whatever. I'm going to go there right now. But like, I've been to some funerals re- recently. It's seen some friends pass. Yep. And like, you think about like your accomplishments being important and you think that that's what's important. And then you actually realize like when all the shit's said and done, it's like those relationships yeah. with your friends are oh, what fucking matter. Right. So good. So, like, it, you kind of, like, when we call you the shaman, it's because you already <laughs> surpassed. <laughs> like, it takes a long time to figure that out or never never at all sometimes. So. Dude, and I think um, I think it took, definitely took me some time to figure it out. I mean, I'm obviously still very young, but, like, you know, it took some maturing to really realize, like, 
that is, like you're saying, it's what matters, you know? Like, all that stuff that you've done means nothing if you don't have the people there to just enjoy life with. And I mean, like, some people, some people are fine with living a life kind of by themselves without a lot of connections, but I don't know. That's, my friends and family are what keep me going. So, yeah, yeah you got to protect that shit. Yeah, when you see that guy on the mountain that's, kind of riding alone with their headphones on i always trip on that because it's just not the same as when you got no. your boys with you yeah seriously so if i gave you five million dollars in a duffel bag right now and you could never see the members of the dust box again you wouldn't take it no no let's give you an error for that good man no and i mean who knows maybe the money's there i'd it'd be a little bit more <laughs> yeah, like apprehension if it but, was actually piled up <laughs> but i will say i would be i'd be miserable <laughs> I'd be miserable. You're all, I would take the money, but I would be miserable. Well, you see yeah. that a lot of times. You see, like some some rich guy living in a house by himself, or yeah, whatever. You're straight like, up. You're like, what's the point of money? Uh, what good's money if you got nobody to share it with? You're right. Seriously. And, and and so, yeah, that's beautiful. Now I have a question. I'm gonna go deep dive Doctor Phil psychology here for a second. But I uh, maybe I was talking to Mo, and he was saying you grew up as a bit of a loner, maybe in Maine. Is that true or no? Um, I think. I mean, maybe you didn't have your crew yet. Or? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I had good friends from school, and like I had probably one to three friends that I was like really close with in Maine, and um, like big shout out to all my homies from Maine, like my homie Henry and my homie Ben, my homie Adam, so many other dudes. But I do think it was hard because I didn't have any homies that snowboard or skated, so there was a little bit of disconnect as far as that. And then maybe what Mo was talking about is in Rado, when I was living in Rado, that, that was when I was in was high school, Copy. Yeah. and I was riding with a lot of people, but it was just like, I lived far away and didn't have a car. My dad's working, he's grinding, so it's like, you know, I get back from the mountain and I'm just chilling. And I think that was definitely loner vibes, definitely loner vibes, mm-hmm. but it's good for you. Because mm-hmm. then you get a, a steady group of friends and you're like, wow, like, you know, that, that means the world to you. Get you some appreciation. Yes. Now, now going back to the new Dustbox video, it's got a few hundred thousand views, right? And you have all these brands come out here. They spend all these fucking money <laughs> trying to make these videos. They can't even get any goddamn views, right? And it's like, it's so beautiful because, you know, what do you think it is? I mean, I can say in my words, but what do you think it is that, um, like, is the draw of why people are so drawn to your guys's videos what's that little that, intangible flavor or, dude, or ingredient that's a good question that's a really good question i think about it sometimes i've definitely sat there and been like you know why did, why did this one catch and why did the one before that catch more than any of our other videos and i think it's just i think one thing is maybe that youtube channel has been on there for a while and i only watch skateboarding on there so i think that might sound weird but i think that as far as like YouTube might see it more as a skateboarding channel and not put it in the snowboarding category just because of its, its viewing history and the other channels it interacts with. And I think it's the fact that like you watch it and it kind of grabs your attention and it's just maybe a little different from... like You don't know what you're getting into. You know, you look through the comments and it's like, dude, I thought I was going to walk like listening to some like emo album. That's what I thought when I clicked on this. But 
YouTube's weird. I don't know. It's uh, So maybe YouTube's showing it to different people because the algorithm's but set yeah, up. At exactly. the end of the day, when Watch something it. has a few hundred thousand views, it's That's fucking a, good. Yeah. You, if you put some dog shit out there, people aren't going to be yeah. dogging. <laughs> people are, so people like, are sharing they, it. To, to me, the thing, if I'm going to give my two cents on it, it's like you think about like what what context do you watch videos in? And like a lot of times you're like, oh, I want to go snowboard day. What should I put on? And so, it's so easy to be like, I'm going to put on the dust box video because the soundtrack's banger. The tricks are cool. It's all different songs. The spots are great. And it's like, it's there's the general vibe. Like you can see that it's genuine. It's, yeah. it's genuine. A lot of times you take a snowboard team and they're like, we're a fucking X brand, right? Yeah, sure we ha- we're going to take these people that don't even fucking know each other, mm-hmm. put them all together on trips and then try to fucking sell it and put it in a video. And people are just like, dude, I'm not rocking with this. Yeah. When you, but when you look at your guys' shit, you're like, this is genuine. These dudes, and like you can't, Fucking sugarcoat that I straight up, like, straight right? up. The viewers sniff that out. They that sniff it out. Yeah, that there's no uh, companionship, and you're not homies, and yeah, they can tell straight up. And I think that goes back to, um, I guess that was a Patreon question that we did earlier. But where's trending? It's like as we were saying, the doing it for the wrong reason. It it shows through. Like it shows through completely. Like you know, you watch uh, any homie video, you're obviously gonna be more juiced than watching some. You know, like you're saying, just a brand video where they're just paying group of guys to go to a city i mean it's sick and you know great riding will come out of it but personal gain i think it, it, there's personal gain in front of crew mm-hmm. and i think that shines and that you see that a lot too because you know kudos to you guys for in age of god damn it if i get that clip and i put it on instagram right now it's gonna go hard <laughs> but like <laughs> saying <laughs> Let's hold out and fucking save it for the video. And that, what do they call that? Prolonged gratification? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Seriously. Yeah. That's yeah. that's like fucking, you guys are wise beyond your years. And to, to stay with that one, I think you see that a lot of people in your same age group are more straight to Graham. Yeah. I mean, I think that just comes from like what we grew up on as far as, I mean, dude, I still think about filming as, it, as like it was earlier in snowboarding where that's every single video was like a video crash or anything along the lines of like just big productions you work all year edit all summer and it comes out in the fall what videos uh did you look up to as a as a kid like what were your um what were your go-tos when i was really young it was absent more right that's what it's called yeah Yeah. absent more um and that form that those were the two that like i had three videos when i was younger it was pretty sweet or no sorry fully flared more in that and those were the three videos that like kind of only had to watch so definitely like drew a ton of inspiration from those it's a nice little three stack to yeah to have well yeah. not complaining <laughs> so uh what we're gonna get into is uh we're gonna talk about the hell ride now okay. before oh, cool. we do the video on the screen i actually uh the uh, colton which i'm gonna give an air horn who's in the live audience oh, yeah. provided Big us with out. a little behind the scenes uh hell ride but there's a there's a scenic shot and it looks like Tech Nine's little uh, playground right there. I know this looks like Tech Nine crew would be all over that. I think we might have stayed in there <laughs> once <laughs> on a trip. I can see Stony Buzz with a fisheye around his neck posted up under some graffiti right there, getting the clip. All right, can you on the trigger. Can you talk us through uh, exactly? We're gonna play this and mm-hmm. on the screen. Just talk us through. This is one of the craziest clips ever filmed snowboarding. So here we go. Maybe you can give us a quick backstory before we get into it, or do you want to do that and then I'll play the clip? Um, yeah, backstory, I guess. Google Earthing, checking out the hospital. I was like, yeah, maybe there's something over here, you know, big bust, but always give it a poke. And I'm like, see this huge slope that looks metal, 
and some fences around it. I was like, wow. You went from that. six to midnight in the yeah. <laughs> you just got excited about that. One. Yo, seriously, I was like, oh my God, this spot is insane. And then we scoped it and it was like, doesn't really work that well because there's a fence at the bottom. And we tried, I tried to go there and like kick the gate out with my foot, but just ended up like breaking the handle a little bit. And we were already like in some shit with the Montreal police. They were already like pretty bummed on us for getting caught on a couple of roofs. So we were like, Definitely on pretty thin ice and weren't trying to push it. And uh, pretty much ended up just adapting to it and, like, went the night before and built the crazy, like, roller kicker over the fence. Supposed to be more of, like, a launch pad instead of, like, a jump, you know, like, supposed to be gradual. Uh, Didn't turn out that that speed. (laughs) At that speed, speed, yeah. Becomes aggressive. Yeah, anything becomes aggressive at that speed. And then you threw, it looks like, about four shovelfuls of snow on the road. (laughs) Oh, well, so if we want to get into that, it's we pull up and (laughs) (laughs) I drop in on it, not jumping over the fence before and land probably two feet before the road. No snow in the road. Oh, with no speed. Yeah, without any speed coming from, like, just dropping in on it. Yeah. So I was like, but I aced the jump and I felt comfortable. I was like, in control. But I don't think I accounted for how much speed I was going to have mm. coming over the fence. As, you know, it's good as experience. You learn yeah. and continue. Yeah, yeah, no experience. And I mean, dude, I'm at that time I was, yeah, I was 18. So still, I had only been in the streets for three years. I mean, that's that's only so much time and definitely a huge, huge learning experience. Well, let's play the clip. Here we go. So we have the Tech Nine uh, playground of punishment. <laughs> we'll call it in the background there. Uh, this is Montreal. We get a long lens. This is for the listeners. Long lens drop-in shot. All right, here we go. Here's the clip. On to the grate. First one. That was the first one over the fence. Oh, yeah. It shows the warm-up go. And you're like, oh, I got this. I was chill. No, dude, I was shitting. I was... Yeah, I mean, there was there was confidence, but it was like... A bad kind of confidence. Oh, oh. Yeah, dude. Dude, what was? Can we talk about when you leg buckled and you're heading towards pavement right here? <laughs> um, yeah, wow. we can talk about that. I mean, it's similar to slipping out on a front underflip or like a front seven. Slipping out on a front seven, I'm sure you've done it where like lip gives out, and you're just you can feel your shoulder dropping. And I I had felt that a couple times before. Um, I like as I was going up, I was like, oh shit, like. I knew it was going to happen. I was like, I'm going up. Like, I'm going back. Like, there's, I'm losing control. And I think, I mean, dude, obviously there's no thought process because in the moment it's just instinct, but just trying to go with it. Like, just trying to look. Just trying to, like, keep an eye on, like, okay, am I going to hit the barrier? Like, am I going to clip or am I going to make it in the street? And just, like, trying to have a visual of what's going on. And I think that, like, search for a visual is what tossed me into the right rotation. I heard there was another uh, thing you attributed your success to coming back to your feet. It was air awareness class <laughs> as a <laughs> child. Um, I think just a lot of trampoline time. Okay. A lot okay. of trampoline time. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely like spent a ton of time on those like, fly bed trampolines, like those nice super mm-hmm. tramps. Like one of my friends from back home had one. So I was always at his house. Just it always goes back to air awareness. It always yeah. goes back to air awareness. Even in the streets. It's crucial. I mean, you Even can yeah. tell the second he was upside down, he was looking, eyeing, spotting it. Yeah, dude, I definitely am thankful for, like, having a bit of an understanding of, like, where my body is in the air. 
I always feel like when shit's starting to hit the fan in the streets, like we're pretty crafty and resourceful. Like you kind of learn how to squirm your way out of stuff. You're going down straight the straight up. I mean, not always. Sometimes you pay the piper, but like yeah. for the most part, that's something I always tell myself too. I'll be like trying to front board a kink and I'll be like scared. I'm like, I'm resourceful. Yeah. I, I know how to squirm out of this. Like you just got to yeah. tell yourself, okay, I know what I'm doing. You, you know? guys know how to fall. I mean, people that get badly hurt most of the time, it's because they're not experienced like you guys are. Totally. I mean, the amount of times I've seen you guys do the gnarliest things and make your way out of it it's without being hurt. It's incredible. So. Buds would have been there at the bottom saying, you got this, <laughs> you got bud. That, <laughs> Let's get you back up there, Coop. I think, I think you definitely got that. You almost landed that, dog. <laughs> If he's looking at his camera. Flip. I got He's, I not, even look, he's not even looking at you. He's just looking at his camera. Usually, just chimping ah. as we learned the other day. Just, just a little bit out of frame. We gotta run that one back. <laughs> I All got right. a good still. Just go back up and land it now. Let's go back to. Uh, we're gonna run it back to your main roots. Grew up. Where did you grow up? Snowboard. Sunday River. Okay. Yeah. Let's give a shout. Some, yeah, I don't know. Shout out. To We've had a couple main uh, mainas. I believe mm-hmm. they call them the booth. Big Mike. Yeah. Big, Big Mike. Mike the Shaman. You know. Uh, and I, I met you as a child at High Cascade, yep. I remember, and you were rocking the gold helmet, which I yep. got a photo of right here. Um, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Fit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I got to edit of you when you're a little kid. I filmed a, a, your mom. Shout out to Jen. Huge shout out. Major, major you, mom. Su- support unit of the dust box as well. She sent me this vi- this screenshot of, uh, of edit I made from, what, 2014? When yeah, you're like a little bobblehead, and uh, to all gold everything, drop to board slide, dude. That was such a crazy year. Wow, just that little strip. Oh, that was a bad snow year, huh? Yeah, yeah. Session six. How old were you then? If that was twenty, it was 2015, 20, 2014, 20, I don't remember. I looked. Well, up then I, I think I was I was fourteen. Okay. Yeah. 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 So a lot of people that have been in that booth. Attribute a lot of their success to Mount Hood. Yeah, and you—I've been seeing you since you were a little bobblehead there. Yeah. So yeah, you want to talk about that? Definitely. I mean, Mount Hood is—I think, like you're saying, so many people attribute so much of their connections, their networking, and success to Mount Hood, and I can definitely agree. I mean, it's just when you have one place where everybody can get together in the whole community. It's 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 like a, you know a little place to shine, like to like showcase you know somebody's riding, and definitely easier to get recognized if like you're in one place where everybody else is. It just you know like it just makes sense, and I think I I definitely after that summer like Ev from Adidas he DM'd me, and I was like if I hadn't gone, dude definitely. Wouldn't have seen you. Definitely wouldn't have seen me, and that that wouldn't have happened. So mm-hmm. huge shout out to Mount. You were there as a camper. Uh, no, I was there that summer. I was there with Ganu. That was like my first time Dude, going on a trip with them. Everything down, skating everything down, all day, snowboarding. Like, so much energy. Also, the gold helmet. Let's talk. That's a bit of a flex. Flex. That's a big like. Did you you got to be spray paint that or no? No, you can buy them gold. You can buy them. Yeah, you got to so be like, feeling yourself. Like you're not showing up with a gold helmet. <laughs> like you're busting. Yeah. You got a gold or helmet. You better be. You're not in the back of the pack. You're at the front, just show pony. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you were you you were a show pony at that age amongst the the kids. You know. Why? Thank you. You know, the kids are <laughs> the rest of the kids are all campers, kids same age. This guy's going like you were a jumper too. I, I remember like you've been able to spin switch backside and yeah. shit for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Rotto, maybe that's some Rotto inspo or is that yeah, um, pre Rotto? No, no, that I I'd spent some time in Rotto. Um I want to say that was like 
first year after living in Colorado, and like dude, those jumps, they wear off on you for sure. So are, Maine, they get you ready. Are you yeah, pro Rado or are you anti Rado? What's your stance on Colorado? Beautiful place, great street spots, horrible culture. Another, geez, you know these Rado listeners are probably sick yeah, and tired they're of getting, they're getting, they're getting so made fun of. Out. You know, all right, well. Um, what are you going to do, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's great there, though. I mean, it's 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 so pretty. and Look, look what it's time for. Okay, it is time for the Liquid Death Spinning Wheel of Death. Now, if you're getting my truck and looking the passenger side, it is littered with empty tall cans. You may think, Chris, Chris is an alcoholic. What the hell's wrong with this guy? <laughs> well, they're actually mountain spring water. They're Liquid Death tall cans. Best part is uh, you can drink them if you're pregnant. And uh, you, instead of blacking out and driving around your vehicle, you can drive around and drink water. Hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> Hydrated. Murder your thirst. Dude, for me, man, this metal can keeps the drink so cold. Bud's likes the cold. I, I like a cold, a cold drink. beverage, man. I just crush these all day long at my crib. So yeah. if you're interested in getting some Liquid Death, head on over to liquiddeath.com slash bombhole. You'll get a free... A few free koozies with your first purchase. Again, that is liquiddeath.com slash bombhole. We'll have a link in the description of the YouTube video and also as well as the show notes of the audio version of this. Now, let's get into the Liquid Death spinning wheel of death. Now, Coop, you're going to need to spin this thing. Okay. Just for the listeners, I'll read a couple options. We have CeeLo or Shotgun of Beer or Water, Focus Grenier Skateboard, Foot Race with Chris, Kickflip in Crocs, Sniffing Salts, uh, cold call most famous person on your phone, donate to charity, you know, things like that. So there's a few other ones, but uh, you're going to want to give it a good spin and see what it lands on. All right. Okay, here we go. What do we got? Foot race with Foot race with <laughs> Again, dude, again. All right, we, uh, we raced oh, them. Oh, wow. Wow. Looks like we're going to have to uh, take a quick break, hop out of the booth, and Let's do a quick do foot this. race. All right, Money. here we go. <laughs> On your marks, get set, go! Oh, that was cooped by a, like, by a little bit. Wow! Cooped by like a, by like a shoe, dude. No, I want to see the video. Okay, so uh, I just got... I wouldn't say mopped up. I lost no, my uh, not mopped up. Not mopped up. Very. That was the closest we're, we're foot talking, race I've ever been. Yeah, it's actually was, almost debatable. But coop, <laughs> well, not, not really a debate. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, but he, it I'm was definitely like a smidgen. I'm owing to so coop. He wants to roll. The, he wants to spin this thing again. So we're gonna give it another spin. He's gonna go. He's gonna go twice on the spinning wheel of death. All right, let's go. Kickflip in the booth. All right. Kickflip in this is it kickflip Crocs or kick oh, oh kickflip kick Crocs. Crocs even better I, I gotta go get my Crocs kickflip okay Crocs. get the Crocs out. I didn't even know so that he's was going kickflip in Crocs here we go we gotta go get the Crocs out of the house all right so we're set up he's got the Crocs he's got the skateboard we're gonna go kickflip in Crocs first attempt wow <laughs> damn he actually blasted that yeah that was high holy shit FT I was hoping you were gonna land primo and like knock over one of the cameras. Yeah, that was incredible, dude. You're skilled. Wow, dude. The kid is that was, skilled. That was not edited. That was literally just first FT. Wow. FT. I swear the rubber, like, it grips. You're saying Croc, 
Crocs are good for skating. I think he's trying to get a pro model Croc skate shoe. Well, you know who's got a pro model Croc? Then he skates in it? No. Post, Post Malone. Malone. Yeah. Post Malone, yeah. Yep. He's got a pro model. Shout out to Post Malone's pro model Crocs. I might pick up a pair of Crocs after seeing how well you can skate. They're comfortable. I mean, yep. wow. Foot racing Crocs next time? Oh, See, wow. Spice it up. Foot racing Crocs with the heels, like, not in sport mode. Yeah. That would be... Chiller mode. Chiller mode. Well, we'll on the wheel. Want me to get in a little page quest? Let's hit a Patreon. All right. This one is from uh, Grippo. And he asks, what are some tips to being a tall dog on a steel? Also, what do you see your brand Apple becoming in the next few years? Oh, this guy, this guy's in tune. Respect. He's um, in tune. These page members know what's up. Tall dog on the steel. That's a good question. Honestly, I think it, knowing when to collapse your upper body and knowing when to stay stacked, like, I think that's pretty pretty crucial. Like, know when you really should lock that core up and, like, try to just center all of your body weight. Or there's times, like, I think tall people, like, I always got told, you know, like, don't collapse at the hips, but that's bullshit. Like, you, that helps, especially if you have, like, a little disproportionate. What he's referring to is, like, in essentially body mechanics is, like, if you're going to imagine you're doing a squat on a squat rack, they say you should, your back should be straight and you should go straight up and down is like your ideal form. Yeah. Now you're, you're talking about collapsing at the hips is like, you know, hinging over as you take off. So that's, this is a, this is a good topic of conversation because I've, I've kind of struggled with the hinge, so to speak. Right. So like an example would be if you're going to do a back three or back seven, if you're, if you're going off a jump and you're spinning backside and you hinge, you cork. Yes. if If your back is straight, you spin flat. That's a huge part. And, Definitely. And so I've seen you do switch back side nines where you hinge and it looks, it works great. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just knowing the time and place. Like for anything in snowboarding, I mean, like you got to know when to use the tools. And um, being a tall dude, I think, like let's say on a front board, hinging will lock you in. If you hinge mm. and you get low, that'll get you to the end of the rail. And you like, don't try to like do the stock, like stand up real tall and look over the shoulder like, I mean, somebody like Lou, like Big Lou, like, yeah, it works for him, but um, I don't know. That, that's just a This little... is a great conversation because this is really, I, I love having this body mechanics. Yeah, talk. knowing your take, body take, and knowing what to do. You take, uh, for example, Louis, he stands up pretty straight yeah. and he has got very good body fundamentals or like, I think of like Nils Mindick. He really like yeah. squats in some senses. Then you take... Tommy Gesme. Gesme literally wears, like, think about his like, switchback. He literally too. has, like, restless neck syndrome, minor scoliosis on the takeoff. Works great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it works great. It works it's the, best. the best. It's the, the best. best. <laughs> so it's like, fuck your proper body mechanics. Like, straight that up. Shit, he does a switchback side 270 and He's looks like, under his shoulder on yeah. the takeoff, which, like, any conventional coach would be like, you're doing that completely wrong. And then everybody's like, this guy's my favorite. Exactly. And I think that that's pretty much the big takeaway, like, what what's this guy's name? The Patreon guy? This is uh Grippo. Grippo. Whatever feels right is what you gotta pursue. Like if if it feels like it's the right way you should do the trick, it's probably your body saying that's how it does the that's trick. That's the right way. And there's like a there's like a Carl Watson interview. I think it's like a bunt, you know? And he's like, You gotta like play to your strengths. And um that's crucial. Like you gotta play to your strengths and you gotta know like don't look at how somebody else does it and be like, Oh, that's how I have to do it. Because you're going to be able to do it better your way. 
So you might as well just run with that. Dude, that, that's a, that's fucking great advice. And um, one thing that's really cool, in, you can say that falls in line in regards to style in some senses, right? Yeah. So I, I'm thinking of what's fresh in my head. I was just at Red Bull Recharges, the Van and Mammoth, and there was Zeb Powell's writing it and Dusty Hendrickson. Now you take Dusty, they'd be, both be doing the same trick on the jump. And both would be so wildly different, but you fuck with, like, Dusty, his style, for those who are unfamiliar, very relaxed. He almost looks like he's asleep and just so, so nonchalant. He's got the so ambient flow. Then yeah. you have ambient, like he took a tranquilizer <laughs> dart to the neck, mm-hmm. and he just went off, and he's, like, asleep at the wheel. So then he goes off, and then Zeb is, like, opposite. He's, like, exciting. and like. Yeah. But both of those, the thing that's cool is those are their natural styles. Yeah, totally. Zeb shouldn't be like Dusty. Dusty it's shouldn't be like Zeb. Completely. Now, and then you, but you have some of the, like, more... We'll call it classically trained dudes coming through. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And they're they're like right in the middle, perfect fundamentals, but sometimes it lacks that flavor. You know, it's like I'll, I'll take the extreme on each side, but the perfection sometimes doesn't speak to me. Yeah, I think you got if if you do have that perfection mentality, you got to know how to run with it. Take Big Lou for instance; like he's dialed, and he his style shows through in the way he approaches it. And, you know, he's not trying to be anybody else. Mm-hmm. He's just Big Lou. He's just Big Lou. I never realized that about the hinge either. I used to always have a hard time with keeping spins flat back when I used to shred. And, mm. and probably with heavier body, I was probably hinging more. It's and just would natural. always cork out. So that's interesting. I'm it sure is. a lot of people are going to take something from what, going yeah. what you said I mean, here. dude, that like that dusty uh, comment that he had on his bomb hole with you guys where he's talking about Taking off on jumps and like getting past, I don't know if he was saying 12 or 9. I don't know, just like little tidbits like that are awesome. Because he said that and Dan and I were in the car like, what? Like it clicked. Like it makes sense. Like we could do front tens now. Like we could do like we could do anything. Like it just makes so much sense. And just like hearing a rider's perspective is crucial. This is all, it's a great topic too because a lot of our listeners, they, I get hit up all the time. Like they'll send me a jump clip and say like, what do you think about this? And I'm not. Fucking my, f- don't listen to me. Like I don't have good fundamentals, you know but like up, the the thing that you notice about the dudes that are real good. One of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten was from Ozzy Henning, and dude, he, he basically said he was like, take a dump in the woods, don't bend over. Like, and that was so so he, like I'd be coming in the jump, be like, take a dump in the woods, take a dump in the woods, and like no instead. And so that was like that is that, good advice. That, that is good advice for spinning. And also the other thing too is like you watch the the rookie move is like initiating whether it be at a 270 onto a rail or be it a back 10 the initiation is way too early like yeah. so if you watch like a pro like or somebody that's really good they wait 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 pop and then they do their trick yeah. it's not this like heaving it off the lips slow it down and then yeah so patience patience yeah patience. especially with rails too. especially with this and dude crazy enough one of my biggest pieces of advice i ever gained when i was young was from ozzy as well at Wendell's, he was my coach, and he was saying... Give him an air horn. Yeah, right. huge yeah. air horn for Ozzy. I mean, yep. goat. Um, the S. The S turn mm. into a rail. Yep. And, like, setting up your momentum and the way, like, how you're going to get set up down the rail. And, you know, that S before gets you to the end of the rail because you're not you're not coming in at any specific angle. All your momentum's even mm. in the center of the S. Essentially, what he's describing is, like, your setup turn should match your spin. Exactly. Yeah. So you're so however hard, like if you're if however hard your heel side turn is to set up for your toe side is going to match on the lip. So and the more 
when it comes to jumps, the more you want to actually straighten that S out. Yeah. And try to keep it Pretty. not not very boomerang like yeah, on a rail will keep you not going to either side. That exactly. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Do that that's like for some some listeners that are trying to maybe I don't know, dial down their cab two or something. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a huge piece of advice that goes a long way. Uh, another so while we get off <laughs> Well there's a part two. Oh, part oh two. part two. Yeah, let's Apple. Um I mean that's okay, so for the listeners that's Cody I can't take any credit for it. It's Cody like Cody came up with the original design. We were power washing some screens and accidentally made this apple and we were like, Oh like let's draw apple under it. So then Cody and I have just kind of been running with it. And um dude, I don't really know if anything's gonna come out of it. But maybe. Maybe if like people start messing with it, like maybe we'll get some direction. It's just for fun. We just spend so much time in that garage, like doing the same graphic a, a hundred times. That to explain exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I should back it up. Yeah. Um, so I don't live at the house, but there is a house in Salt Lake that has a screen printing setup, and that's where we make all the dust box clothing. Um, we have a bunch of screens. We have all the equipment. We make everything there. Like literally, you know, we're not buying. We're not even buying screens pre-made. Like we make the screens in that house all hands-on. And so there's like a lot of you have to wash out screens. And in the process, we like made this graphic, this logo by accident, and turned it into like a little side company. And it's just like a way to keep it fun because it, it honestly gets pretty repetitive and pretty boring mm-hmm. making the same graphic a hundred times. So. Oh, one thing we should back up is that, you know, Dustbox is not a crew that is like, you guys are young guys, you don't have a ton of money. And going back, like, if you support the Dustbox and you buy a Dustbox t-shirt and you or you buy a hoodie, it is these guys buy it as cheap as they can, they make the screen themselves, they print it themselves, and then you're essentially funding these guys to get in their van and Straight go film up. a video. So, so, like, you want to talk about cool supporting cool shit in snowboarding? Supporting the dust box is that to a complete T. Like, you get your, you buy a shirt, then that money goes into account, and then all these guys fucking put their life on the line and just go get some, and it's fucking awesome. It's just a cool deal. It is a cool deal. You put on for us, we'll put on for you. And, I mean, thanks for bringing that up, because, I mean, I don't think a lot of people know that. That, you know, it's not like we take that money and are like, you spending don't it on bullshit it up and put it in your pocket. Yeah, no. I mean, none of that goes into anybody's pockets. Um, we went to New York City off of like that first trip to New York City in Boston. We went there off of clothing sales. None of our money from sponsors had come in yet, and it was we got to New York off of t-shirt money. So, like, thank you to anybody that You'll bought pay anything. For the Airbnb, exactly. Gas money. Yeah. Wow. That's, Literally, gas that's in cool. the tank. Now, I, I also kind of am under the understanding that you are one of the guys kind of leading the charge on the graphics and design stuff. Now, what what got you into that, and where does your inspiration come from for all those graphics and all the T-shirts and the design work? That's a, that's a good topic to touch on. Um, I, Yeah, I think it, it, it is collaborative. I definitely do. I spend a lot of time on the graphics, and um, Colton, one of the, somebody in the audience right here, he helps me a lot of the time, too. We do a lot of collaborative graphics um what got me into it though dude i think i've literally always been into clothing like when i was like seven years old i was like mom like i want to make a clothing company you know like so young like it's just something i've always wanted to do and i was like never had anything never had 
a name, never had a crew, or if I did, it was just felt whack because it was just me. And I think it was just like, I just want to like see my homies hyped wearing this clothing. And um, inspiration comes literally just from my friends. Whatever, like if they don't think it's sick, I don't know. Like obviously, there's stuff I prefer and I have preference and opinion, but I just want my homies to be feeling fresh in whatever I'm I'm cooking up. So, well, the a good. Uh thing that it seems like you probably go by is would i wear that right yeah that's like a gauge like we make merch for the bomb hole it's like it's would like, you wear that would i wear that and if the answer is no we're not making it yeah straight up but like you guys are even more refined in your sense of style and and clothing and what you like and uh it's it's really cool so. thank you thank yeah the you. gear looks <clears throat> looks dope now let thank me, you let me ask you this, this is another wormhole to go down because when i look at skateboarding or things like that like how am i gonna frame this like I, w- I like to be proud to be a skateboarder, proud to be a snowboarder, right? Yeah. And and I'm, I am I got to give you guys credit because when I look at the Dust Box video, you can watch it and you're like, this shit's fucking cool. Proud to be a snowboarder. Now, there's other things that happen. <laughs> Can't say the same. Now, um, do, do you feel like that same mentality was taken into account when you guys are making or creating videos and Dust Box stuff? Yeah, totally. It's like you want... You want to represent it well. You want somebody to watch it and be like, oh, like, you know, that just makes me even more stoked that I went snowboarding today and maybe I'll go snowboarding next week. And, you know, you don't want it to be, you know, like you're saying, it just gets watered down. You know, people don't really care about how it's perceived or how it's presented. And that, that's, like, the most important part. Like, representing the sport, sport, sorry, like, not a great term, but the act of it and the culture behind it in a true form. I mean, if you're not representing it as it is, then what are you representing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's a great point. And I think there there needs to be all of it for the record. Yeah. We definitely. need our shit that appeals yeah. to the masses. We But we need the shit that people that, there's people that snowboard five days a year and there's people that wake up, fucking eat, sleep, live, breathe. And yeah. the that type of person that makes snowboarding lifestyle, they, you start to care. And yeah. I think it's, it's important to have things that people, you know, companies, be it dust box or smaller brands or things that are rider owned or, you know, supporting the snowboarding community, supporting other snowboarders is, is huge. And, uh, yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with that wormhole, but <laughs> it's I a good wormhole though. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think like you're saying though, there's, there is the homie that loves snowboarding but, you know, maybe doesn't have the opportunity or, like, the ability to make it a lifestyle. And um, all of us, luckily enough, in our friend group do, like, dude, it's our life. Go to bed, think about it, wake up thinking about it. We want to represent it in a proper way. And, you know, just how we see it, so. And I think when I was young, too, you know, you might only get to snowboard on those three trips a year. Yeah. But you still only think about it, or every day, yeah. you think about it every day, all yeah. day. And you finally get to go on a ski trip or a snowboarding trip, and there you are. And then you just take that with you the whole rest of the year. Seriously. Yeah. Until you end up moving out west like like we all did. Yeah. Now, that's a that's a great point. And going back to you guys uh, de- dedicating your life to videos, per se, right? So dust box video. It's a, just videos your whole life. You talked about growing up wanting. That's the avenue you could have gone for the Olympics or whatever. You know, everybody picks their own lane. You choose snowboarding and snowboard videos. Now, that being said, I was come from that world myself, yeah. and uh, 
there's a there's like a th- thing we talk about on the show called clip high. Mm-hmm. Oh, can we talk about clip high a little bit? Yeah. Uh, do you experience clip high when you get for for the layman's when, after you've been like in a van for a week and you've been thinking about this one trick that you want to get and then you finally show up at the spot and you're fucking scared and you don't know if you could do it and you and you know it's gonna perfectly complement the video in just the right way and you get it you get on on uh, like a euphoric high yeah. as if you just did some you drugs just, yeah you just feel the best you've ever felt really yeah, yeah you feel like you're on top of the world. I mean, dude, that's it. It's euphoria. It's like, you know, getting to that place that you didn't think you could get to necessarily. And you know, it's not after every clip. You do something that you're not pushing yourself hard enough, you're not going to get that. And that's when you know, like, all right, I got to step it up. You know, like, if you're not getting that feeling, maybe you take a step back and be like, all right, maybe I should push it a little further. Because when you get that feeling, dude, it's, it's better than anything else. Like, that's... I think that's what drives most street snowboarders is aside from the drive of creating something as far as your personal drive it's that feeling of riding away like I got to the end didn't tap squared up didn't fall off early and like you know when you know like oh my god that's that's the best shit ever yeah a lot of times uh with with clip high there's there's it's like a drug addict so you have yeah. the the highs are high you get somebody you know buds is experiencing the van with us you, you know you're on you're all of a sudden you're chatty you're laughing you're, <laughs> yeah. everything's great but then you got the like an addict that hasn't got their fix when you don't get it in a minute do you get uh do you suffer Start from grumpy clip what would you call it withdrawals maybe withdrawals. you get clip, clip withdrawals clip, clip withdrawals do you experience that yeah dude i think um I I think I do, yeah, and I think the great clip, that that great clip is maybe you're talking about the the hell ride. The, the hell ride. The hell ride is a the product of clip 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 withdrawal. That's the result of a clip withdrawal. Oh, but yeah, I can I love <laughs> yeah, that you panic time. Huh? Panic like, clip. We call like, it get a shot. You know what I called? I've always called that a desperation clip. Yeah, yeah. straight up. I haven't got a clip in a week. I will fucking jump on anything. I'm I will. A I'm, shot. Let's die today, dude. Straight. We're getting a shot that's a today. that's a classic desperation clip. And that was the last. That was the last day we filmed for that video. Last day on the whole trip. That was day like fifty-seven or something, and it was just we. Hadn't found something in a while that I was like really juiced on, and you want Here's one another. More shot. Here's another. What we're gonna play here for the listeners? We have a we have a clip high, a, a clip addict in his true element here, battling a back clip on a kink rail. Uh, this is keyword Kia spot from yeah, Colton. Kia kink. So, can you talk us through what's going on here at the Kia kink? Okay, so first, first homie that you see before this lady, super down. He was like, "Wow, this is awesome." Every person that had come out earlier thought it was so cool. They all worked at this Kia dealership uh, until that lady. Oh, that would have been a banger. I could see Ooh. why you're going clip addict on them. That, yeah. that back lip, we need that. So that That's lady, need sick, that. That, sick lady that came out was like, you can't do this. Like, what the hell are you doing? You can't be here. Like, why, this is okay? You think this is okay? Ooh. Oh, my God. You got robbed on that. Robbed. Yeah. Also, not, he's hinging on the back lip. Okay, looks like we have some uh, yeah. super citizens, we'll call them. Yeah, Not she happy. brings out her um, supervisor, and dude, they're just like, oh, they're being the worst. Oh, my oh. God, he goes inside, outside. It was such happening? a bummer. It was uh, It was literally like, I, mean, I think that, that second one that they that uh, plays on the screen might have been the second try. Like, it was it was coming together yeah. quick, and I was like, oh, wow, like, this is going down, and kind of enjoyed the pressure. I was like... What are you? What are you? So right now, there? it looks like we have a plow guy pulling up. Oh yeah, list. I was. Yeah, I was like, oh, we're gonna have to throw snow. 
I saw this lady come. Oh, out. and they come and take your landing. Yeah, she took the landing. This lady was psycho. So she, so they're plowing away the landing for the listeners. Are you like now still he's gonna like, give fuck her a it. go? There's no, not much <laughs> snow in the landing. Coop's like, I'm jumping on this right now. I mean, dude, it's it's wet. It's wet pavement. It still moves. <sighs> that definitely gets in your head, though. When yeah, there's yeah. not that proper landing, like you know, you could get to the end and ride away, but you get another try. So then the the plow driver parks at the bottom of the rail, and he's kind of motioning, "Get the fuck out!" Yeah, of the just way. give me give me another literally inch. literally an inch. So he's jumping on the rail with a plow driver at the bottom. What was the mentality there? Oh, I was like, dude. Maybe I get like most of the round hop out before the plow truck. Like that'd be pretty sick. Like, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> like that'd be so funny. This lady was the worst, though. I mean, she worked I get for the it. building. Yeah, I think she was maybe like she was either the owner or the manager of the building, and I understand. Like you know, liability. They're doing all that job. jazz. You're doing your job, but um, so the hostility. Close. It's just like call the cops. They'll come. I'll leave. Before like before the cops show up, like just, just let let the guys jib, yeah. you know. Let the kids jib. Yeah, like it's a it's a stair set, like it's a stair set. I don't know. There's so much, so many bigger was things. Was that in a the car world. dealership? Is yeah, that car dealership. Let That's the kids of jib. But you know, this was in Iowa, in a like middle of nowhere town, not many rails. So. It was, Definitely desperation clip where it's like, all right, he wanted that shot. Yeah, like there's only so many rails in this tiny town. Like you know, to find a good one is pretty. One pretty thing hard. I do have to say, a back lip through a kink, timeless. It doesn't matter. That's a timeless trick. A it, well done back lip through a kink or a well done back lip on a big rail. That was a big one. Timeless. That rails. It was fun. It is timeless, dude. I mean, look at like Jed. Oh my god, Jed's back lip through that Norway kink. Uh, I literally not that that rail is, is anywhere in comparison to. The greatness of the one he hit, but was definitely thinking about like that clip of Jed going back lip through that perfect big kink. Like, mm-hmm. That just, I don't know, nothing looks better than that. Oh, totally. It's yeah, and it'll it'll look good for the next thirty years. Yeah, where some up, shit comes true. in and out of style, where you're like, oh, this fucking wall ride, or like that's a bad example, but certain things come and go it's as a, far as what's cool. But yeah, uh, totally. A good back lip always like if you watch old you know A grade tricks from JP back in the day. I think about that like he back lipped that big rail yeah. up uh, the, in Salt Lake. It was an import. It looked like or oh yeah, barely any snow. Yeah, yeah, the one we were talking about that mm-hmm. um, the one up by Judge it's that could come out today and still be a great clip. Seriously, I mean, yeah. dude, back lip. I it's one of the best tricks, no Did doubt. You guys go back yeah. at night and get the shot, or dude. So we were going to we. We had a couple spots that we were trying to tackle. Um, this other spot was at this college. Huge kick out. Like, you know, like six cops there. Um, and then we were planning on going back to that spot the next day. Get a call from, a de- like, one of the guys down at the police station. He's like, hey, I got your number off some plates or something. This lady at Key is trying to press charges, you know, Ooh. that whole thing. And we're like, oh, my God. Fuck this town. Yeah, they Let's get out of here. They yeah, sniffed they, you guys yeah. out. And get dude, out of town. Yeah, and it was actually the second time that happened this winter. We had another spot in Minnesota um, where, oh, it was so funny. Dan was hitting this huge ledge, like beautiful ledge. I'm sure if if anybody who lives in Minnesota would know, it's like this, um, this ledge at the cultural center in the middle of nowhere. 
And um, a couple months later, but he calls just, us up. I know. Can you just hit the down part too? Did people used to do that back in the day? Different, different spot. A different okay, spot, so I think. Diff- yeah. But um, yeah, and he calls me up like a couple months after, and he's like, "Hey, you know these guys are trying to like, you know, either press charges if you don't cover the damage and yada yada." Like some guy from the police department. And it's just, it's hilarious. Like. <laughs> Getting a phone call from yeah, some tracking cop. you down months yeah. later. Months later. Did you pay? Because you're registered. Yeah, we paid. it was cheap actually. It was, yeah, it was only like a hundred, couple hundred bucks. I thought we were looking at like, you know, maybe they're gonna try to gouge us and get like a couple thousand. I didn't know they could do that just from your plates. I guess it makes sense. Though. And this shit's yeah. registered in your name. Uh, I think it's actually the van's under <laughs> like my dad's name. Oh, and then because I just we just pay the payments to him. It's not under the shaman. It's not under, under the shaman. Dust okay. box. It's not. No, no. Big shout out to my dad for give him an air horn for that. Is either under my dad or my mom? But we just pay them the payments because insurance is insurance is cheap when you're young or expensive when you're young. And um, so they, I think they found his name, and then we're like, okay, I don't think it's a forty a sixty year old guy down here snowboarding and then maybe searched up the last name and snowboard and found you yeah ran it through the system <laughs> good <laughs> that's funny. some pretty good detective work yeah yeah detective scrodes well, uh i think it might be that time but Ooh, i bet this kid's a shoe in name that video part that video part. all right I gotta well so you take somebody like uh mark mcmorris we don't expect him to get it. no he's a contest dog Somebody like yourself, the stakes are a little higher. Yeah, they are. The pressure's on. Yeah, it, it's it's gonna look pretty bad for the whole dust box if you don't pull through right now. It's true. It's you're very. You're right. You're right. You're kind of uh, repping the whole squad right now. What's your confidence level? Zero through ten. Six. I don't know. Like I was saying, I was talking to you last night. I I haven't been watching a ton of videos lately, just in the past couple months. So you lose that. You know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's stuff that sticks with you, but... Uh, Maybe we should have, like, a bomb hole tutor that can kind of, like, take you through all the notable video <laughs> the parts. classics. You know, sit there, <laughs> bring sit a notebook a in, take a, take a... Yeah, maybe people that aren't well-versed, uh, you know... We can like, have a class for him. Dust, like Dusty Hendrickson, for example. You know, he said his favorite <laughs> video is Horgasm, you know? And oh, it's like, harsh. maybe we could do a little bit, like, of homework, and that it could be something <laughs> a little bit different. You know? Yeah. But if that's, you know, everybody, you teach their own. Teach their own. Teach their own. Okay, here we go. This is a classic part. (laughs) You guys. First of all, thank you. You know, you could have gone hard. You could have. That's that's the Don. Bloody Sneaks himself, Ben Bilodeau. Congratulations. You just earned yourself a... Prize, a prize pack. We're gonna call it blacked bomb out. hole cooler. cooler. The new ones are blacked out. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. I got the straight new, fire new black one. It's got Build, bomb hole merch in there. We got a bomb hole mug. We got some shorts in there. I believe. Thank you guys. Uh, a bunch of other. You didn't say hats. the movie name. Oh, Blender. Side, Blender. Side note: uh, If you guys have not seen Blender and you're like, oh, I want to watch some snowboard videos, watch the damn video. It's on Colton Feldman's YouTube now, right? Under Bender. It's under Bender. Yeah. Search Bender. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. But yeah. that's like a that's right up there with like the dust box video of like shit to get hyped. To it's go a classic. Through. I mean that's 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 like top tier. Yeah, Blender that's upper is like Tommy gives me little min- minor scoliosis through the entire segment. <laughs> Dude, he may need to go <laughs> to chiro. a chiropractor after that uh, segment. It's incredible. Oh, seriously uh, though, you guys got to watch that if you haven't. I mean that's that's as good as it gets. Okay, this this is part two for the listeners, viewers. If you know the answer, comment on our Instagram. For a chance to win a prize bag. And we are on it with the prize packs now. 
We got Jules. Shout out Handling. to our new employee, and she handles the prize packs. We're not uh, missing any anymore. We're on it. So here we go. We keep it short for the keep listeners. Keep it short and sweet. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Yeah, but I'll, I'll leave it for the, leave it for the viewers. Somebody out, somebody out there's got it easy. Okay, one thing we skipped over that we normally hit earlier in the show is the breakout moment, which is presented by Pub Beer. Let's get into our breakout moment presented by our friends over at Ten Barrel and Pub Beer. Pub Beer supports us. You should support them. Their tagline is cheap, fun beer. Now, Coop, do you remember a memorable breakout moment? Yeah, I do. Um, there's a little bit of lead up to it, but um, oh, how old? I was probably, I was 13. Yeah, 13, uh, 12 or 13. And um, the Mervin guys had come to Maine to do an event, like the near Canada Open. And uh, it was really fun. And they're like, oh, you should come to the Loon Last Call this weekend. It's the sickest. I think they were telling my mom about it. And we were like, oh, this sounds sweet. Like, it's a cool contest. It's like one of the, you know, it's one of the few big contests that was going on in the East Coast where everybody would get together. And, um, yeah, just first time pulling up there. uh, Had a great time. And I think that definitely made some connections after that. Got hooked up by Oakley. And just, you know, met a lot of people. And I think that was one of the few times I had seen the snowboarding community and actually been close to it and just led to more opportunities. So that was definitely get to huge. Get your eyes opened up on huh, what's behind the curtain of the, the real sport. Exactly. The real culture. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah, you give you a little confidence and maybe you can go somewhere with it. Yeah. yeah, straight up. And when I remember when I first met you, you were like 17 and I'm here like over twice your age on a trip Finland with you, seeing you Good all times. smoking weed with the boys and all that. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, should I have like called this kid's parents before coming on a trip? He's so young. And talking with you, dude, I was always so surprised. It just, you seem like, I don't know, just so beyond your time and just. Shaman. Yeah, just a shaman. Your, your parents, it sounded like, kind of let you travel around at a young age and, and really get out there. You said you were like flying international alone too at like 14 or something yeah yeah and uh definitely very thankful for my parents for setting me up you know they gave me the freedom but also set me up as like you know you gotta you gotta handle these opportunities well you can't just obviously it is about having fun but you know you gotta you gotta watch yourself and i'm really thankful for their guidance and um and their support but their guidance is is maybe more valuable Mm-hmm. You know, like use use that time and those opportunities well. Yeah, they, they did it right. They did. I got only the utmost respect and love for my for my parents. They're, they're the best. And you see a lot of in in the contrary. You see some parents that are like latched down tight and don't give their children much freedom. And I mean, I'm not a parent. It's easy to say shit from my couch without kids, but <laughs> it seems like a lot of people that end up in that chair talking to us that have done well snowboarding. I've had parents that are very supportive and are just like, I believe in you, do your thing. And it seems to pan out better than like, there's a lot of different way- ways of going about yeah. it. But it's The helicopter parent. Yes. It's never, I mean, teach their own, but you know, you got, you got to have trust in your kids because if you don't have trust in them, they don't believe in themselves. You know, they don't believe they can actually be a steady person and watch themselves. You know, if they always feel like, you know, like, oh, my mom's like, or my dad's 
always cracking down on me or always saying I'm not like you're not going in the right direction. Like obviously you're gonna doubt yourself and not have that that uh, confidence to to grow up. Yeah, when you're out on those point. streets too, you don't know what's gonna go down in a foreign country, so you got to be ready for any situation. So straight up, you yeah. learn a lot from those streets. <laughs> you do, man. You really do. Yeah, you can learn a lot from college, but you can learn a lot from life experiences too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've seen buds out there. You know what happens when you're? Uh, you got to learn. What do you happens when you're in a city with uh, your board bag doesn't show up? It's super cold, and all you guys your shoes. Well, you put trash bags on your feet. <laughs> trash bags. It's like, dude, you don't <laughs> learn that in college. <laughs> you, you learn that in the streets. <laughs> exactly. So I got a Patreon question from Lance Hacker. Oh, sweet. And I've actually wanted to ask this question myself too. I bet a lot of people do. Uh, what's the reason you don't use names in the videos? It's confusing as hell. We were actually talking about that the other day. I think, I think last year, maybe we didn't feel like there was maybe enough footage for every single part to have like a true part set up to the video. And honestly, I think just it can take away from the video when it's just clips and there's nothing else and it's just the footage and there's just the music. There's some raw authenticity and just, you know, that's it. That was the moment. And it kind of, like, makes you forget you're watching a snowboard video. Maybe it makes you think you're just there with the homies. It's confusing as hell. Maybe next year. We'll put some names in there. We'll put some names in there. I like the names. Yeah, yeah I like, even if you pop it in once, you know, yeah. and then I know what your kit looks like, then I know all your But yeah. there's also another factor where you're like, oh, I fucking, like, you watch skate videos with people. Like, yeah. like I always watch Gesme, right? He's yeah. always got all these skate videos I've never fucking seen on. I don't have my finger on the pulse, but, like, he knows every single name. And, uh... It, there's something about being like, yo, I know the name. Yeah, know, the I'm guy. on the, I'm the, the guy. You're I know the, the guy. guy. I know the guy. You want to be the guy that knows Dude, the guy. Seriously. But for the people that don't know the fucking guys, I want the name. <laughs> yeah. I want no, the name. That's I want the name. There's two sides to it. There's two sides to it. And I think maybe that's uh, why some of us were down because like, we are very like that. You know, you watch a skate video. Our friend group's pretty like very in touch. I try to stay very in touch with like, you know, like who's that in that new video that came True. out. True. And you don't see that in snowboarding. Mm. So it's cool to kind of like give people a chance to try to search for it and like keep thinking about like, who is that guy? But um, I think this year we'll, we'll have some titles in there. Again, back to making keeping snowboarding cool. Yeah, it's a it's keep it fresh. Factor. Um, we always do a section on the show called Hot Takes. Um, so, you know, first question we like to ask is who is the MJ of snowboarding the goat, if you will? Who do you got? Dude, that's that's tough because you got to choose somebody that, that's kind of been in it, you know, has has the weight of a goat. And dude, who would that be? Because all right off the bat, I would say like Gesme or Jed, because those guys are like great the answers. best of the those best. Great answers. But I think it's maybe somebody more like uh, Luif. Luif. I mean, homies like he's pioneered so much. He has been on the forefront of so much. And, like, just continues to... He didn't really slow down at any point in time. It was, like, right when you thought, like, maybe he was getting old and it came out even harder. And I feel like that that has some similarity to, to Jordan. I love that answer. I like that answer, too, because he deserves deserve that, I think. I love... Yeah, he's almost like... Yeah. To me, he's a little young. He'd be like a LeBron. True. But also... Maybe MFM. Love, love that answer. M- that's, M- that's MFM's the Bra- er, er, the uh, <laughs> the MJ. Maybe. I don't know. It's a toss-up. That's a great answer as well. I love that. Now, uh, what do you think about the old uh, edge drag 
when you're walking across the parking lot holding the snowboard. You know, you ever pull that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good flex. Yeah. You ever pull that in the streets? Yeah. Lazy. Just grab that heel cup, let it drag. It's like, <laughs> screw it. You know, it looks awful. Like if you hold if if you hold the snowboard well, it looks it looks better for sure. But something about being like, you know, fuck it. Like let that shit drag. Yeah. Sometimes you got to flex a bit of an edge drag. Let them know. I like it. Yeah. I did it in Mammoth a couple weeks ago. Now, it's good. It's empowering. It does. Feel good. <laughs> so if your life was played by a Hollywood actor, who would play the role? We asked that. We asked that. Patreon, but we, me and Buds have our own answer. We yeah, do. I want to hear your guys' answer first. Buds? You, do you got the photo? Or? Let me pull up the photo, and I think uh, you may agree, because <laughs> my, I would say our answer. We got uh, a young David Hasselhoff. Exactly. Oh, are you look familiar with him? I, I the, am, yeah. Look I, at this photo. Like, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. And he's shirtless, we'll just like you came, you answered yeah. the, you, we answered the door today, and there yeah. you were. Hasselhoff is a dope. Like, if you could have one person to play your life, Hasselhoff. Yeah, he's he's had Baywatch. Are you familiar with Baywatch? Yeah, at all? yeah, yeah he yeah. is definitely. That's a win. Like, that he, is a win. I'll take it. He looks like he, his champ. He's got a good champ on that. It's got a good like, a, volume on the puff. I had a second one too. Oh, he's got another. He's got another look alike. Yeah. Uh, Oh, okay. <laughs> See, Will Ferrell. He looks like my dad. Oh, honestly, with the, with the fro, like you look at like younger photos of my yeah. dad. And you know who I'm going? You know who I'm going for that one? That's Ted Borland. That's Ted, me. Yeah. That's Ted Borland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like Ted Borland. <laughs> you got to go, He's Ted Borland. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Okay. One thing I kind of want to address, which is an interesting topic. Uh, I can't can't say I share the same sentiment of this but i've heard uh a couple dust box haters out there um and i'm not gonna put myself in this category because i'm not <laughs> and i don't agree however uh i've heard some people say oh the video is pretty sick but some of the spots are a little small oh okay do you have any uh do you have anything you'd like to say to those people or uh address that in any way yeah yeah i guess i do um yes well, yeah, I mean, sure, spots can be small. Um, I think some of it comes out of necessity. You know, like, we'll be in, we were in Fargo, North Dakota. You don't find a lot of, like, 40-stair rails in Fargo. You gotta make do. And I think a lot of us get stoked on it because it's like, if you can make a small spot look dope, maybe it's a little bit more inspiring for somebody who's not all that good and can't cab too onto the kink rail. You know, like, it looks a little bit more accessible. And, fuck them. Like, that's what we needed. That's what we're looking for. Like, that's, the, out, that's the correct answer. Correct answer is. <laughs> like, I don't know. Sure, well, there well, can be small spots, but there's some big-ass spots. And, of course. Yeah. And, and actually, the, the reality of the situation is you guys are doing something well. Because what does that stem from? People talk shit on your spots because you guys are getting a lot of shine. So if you guys are getting a lot of shine and they're not, they're going to cut you down so they feel try to feel better about themselves. But the correct answer to that question, again, is fuck. fuck. So, <laughs> and also, let's just stay on the subject because it's fun if we're going to get into the intricacies of videos and spots and tricks and all this stuff. But, like, you know, there's eras of big, giant wall grads with gigantic landings yeah. and three-day builds. Like, you know, somebody shows up and you put a fucking landing there and you spent four days on it and you hit the thing four times. Yeah. 
And that era is kind of came and went. You're like, that is fucking easy and whatever. That was just not that visually appealing. There's, uh, you need a goddamn front end loader in order yeah. to make the spot possible. And when it gets to that point, it's just not really relatable in some senses, I think. Definitely not. It's like, it's more of like stunts at that point. And dude, it's cool to play it where it lies and like, you know, a little golf play terminology. It where yeah, it lies. play it where it lies. <laughs> like, you know, if there's like golf something's not huge, but it looks really cool and it doesn't take a lot to do. Like, I feel like a lot of smaller spots we hit. Look, dude, there's like, if you look, there's not a lot of build. Like, if it's a small spot, there's probably little to no build. So it's more like, I don't know, just keep it raw. Like, but, if you have fun on something and you really felt like dope doing it, fuck with anybody. I like what say. you said about accessibility, too, because yeah. we need that right now. We need Straight more up. people out there. But are like, yeah, you see you see the homie do the 540 into the wall ride. Like, nobody's going to see that and be like, dude, I really want to go out and, like, snowboard today. Like, I really want to go hit the rail in the backyard. Like, I don't know. That just doesn't translate, I don't think. Mm-mm. Oh, that's a good point. And also, it's like flavor, too. What little The little, uh, if you if you watch your Jake Kuzik's and you watch your people that are, in my opinion, you know, cream of the crop, if you yeah. will, you look the spots, there's not snow everywhere. There's not, like, fucking a dump truck full of yeah. snow on the outside. It's like, damn, that shit's, like, just a little bit of snow. It's just looks like they just pulled up, ran it up, got the clip, yeah. got out, and it's got the feeling. It's got that intangible right. feeling. And some clips have it and some don't, but... Totally. Knowing what it is and knowing how to figure that out is kind of probably what gives your guys' video some success, I'd imagine. It's part of the process, yeah. it's uh, Dude, it's just it's cool. I don't know, to find, like, a spot that... It's just the spot, you know? There's not much else to it. Like, if you can hit a spot with little, like, little to no lip, like, that's sick. That's almost cooler than the tech trick because good spot's hard to come by, especially one that doesn't require a lot of build. Something that's, like, if there's a spot that's right there in the spot itself... I don't know. I guess that's not a good way of putting it, but like, um, if it doesn't take much to make it a spot, it's a million times cooler. Like if it's just naturally there. The aesthetics are there. Yeah. I think the proof's in the numbers too. I mean, you get these edits <laughs> with ten thousand views, and then you get you guys with a hundred thousand views, two hundred plus, two hundred plus. I mean, there's there's the proof right there. I mean, it's yeah. obviously working. I think it. I don't know. I think what our video did is just made people a little bit more. Uh, Excited to do it with themselves. Hyped to ride, right? Yeah, and I mean that's that's what it boils down to. And the sound. Who came up with the? Who's the music uh, ace in the hole for the tracks? I all all over. I mean, dude, it's like every everybody has like put in songs. It's so many of the songs in the video came from one person's library or another. So I think that's something that's really cool. Is it's like the group shines there. It's a little bit of everybody's flavor. Is there like a CEO of the Dust Box? President. There's a shaman. There's just a shaman. There's just a shaman. We don't. Uh, we don't abide by corporate structure. <laughs> it's actually. Like, it's a. Uh, it's almost like a commune. You know. Yeah. Like a hippie I guess commune. The shaman and the commune. The GBP vibes. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Definitely big GB, GBP. Yeah, they had a commune. <laughs> so I gotta ask for my own personal. I just want to know. Um, what percentage of your brain? How much time do you spend thinking about tricks and spots? And, like, what percentage of your brain does that occupy? Depends. Depends on the, the month. Midwinter. 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 F- foot on the gas pedal. Dude, like, 80%. Like, so much. Like, if you aren't inside the house doing something, I don't know. Maybe not for everybody. But I'm, like, I'm a very obsessive personality. Like, I got OCD. 
and that's like definitely something where it it shines. It's like, dude, you can't stop thinking about it. At least I can't stop thinking about like finding the perfect spot or finding the perfect spot for that trick, and just how the video is gonna look, how the parts gonna look like. What about uh, in bed sleeping, or do you, do you like obsess? Yeah, wake up in the night with a cold sweat, thinking yeah. of a spot, dude. For sure, like tricks will like haunt me that I wasn't stoked on, mm. like shit that I was like, oh, that was cool, but it's not really how I want to see my snowman. Like, That'll get you. Like midnight, you're laying there, like, all right, you gotta go harder, you know. Like if I about- messed up on a photo, I'll do that sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's anything that you yeah. really care about. Like it's gonna take up a lot of your mental. What about the good old fashioned doomsday spot? That's always the night before of a doomsday spot where you're like, I could break my legs. Fuck, you're tossing and turning all night. That's always that's never a fun situation. Yeah, we were, um, yeah, we were in Iowa actually, and there's there was a doomsday spot, and it dude, like I knew I was for three days. I knew we were gonna try to go to it, and I was like, it gets to you. It like it really gets to your mental when you're like really stuck on something and you can't just do it. Mm-hmm. You gotta wait for it to come together. You need the Sunday morning or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Is that clip? You Did you get it? Either. No. Okay. I heard that you have heat in the new video. Thank you. For so uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just what everybody's saying, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah. So so people, the new the new dust box flick is gonna be heat or what oh, are we thinking? Dude, yeah. I mean, for whoever was talking down on spots, um, every single spot, was like I don't know, everybody just hit a little upgrade, you know. Time in the workshop all summer, time to think about it. We're all getting a little older, too, getting more, like, a lot of us don't have, you know, a lot of experience in the streets. You know, maybe it seems like we're we're getting to a point where it's becoming a thing, but, dude, a lot of us have only been in the streets for two years, three years. Like, we still got, we're still figuring it out. Bud's, and I Bud's think been out there for 30, 40 years. 30, 40 years. Got some time. <laughs> yeah. Going on 50. <laughs> but definitely big upgrade. Um not to like toot our own horn or anything, be cocky, but stoked on progression. I mean, it's gonna happen, right? Yeah, it's just bound to happen if you're putting in work. How was uh, jibbing around New York City? That was fun. That was that was like very oh. um, very stressful. I guess not really in like a bad way, but just how it came about. Like we booked our tickets the day before because we didn't like you didn't know looking at the percentage of like the chance of snow up until about two days before you didn't really know if, if it was going to hit a snow. And then once we saw that 95% snow, you're like, well, we're doing this. And then you saw like, okay, it's going to be a foot in the city. Like we got to do this. Like there's, I mean, New York city is the one of the arteries of skateboarding and s- street snowboarding draws so much inspiration from skateboarding that I think if you are a fan of skateboarding or even just a fan of, videos you have such appreciation for the aesthetic appeal and look to new york and it was it was pretty like chaotic but it, it worked out for sure Did you take the subway to any spots yeah we were taking the subway to a couple <laughs> spots like when we got there on the first snowstorm because we went two trips to new york but on the first trip we had a u-haul truck and it was like dude the, sh- the city was like practically shut down obviously people are still driving around but it's it's chaos and we didn't want to try to find another parking spot, so we took the subway. One of my homies, Nate Hansen, who lives there, he goes to school there. He just like, obviously, very in tune with the subways and getting around to all the different spots. We like kind of lined up our day, and we're like, "Oh, we're gonna take this subway to here, and then we'll be in a good zone if we want to go to like that other spot of shit busts. We'll go there." And it was really fun. It was like, 
it was cool to go on the subway all day and then like come back to a park at night and just post up and have a couple of drinks and watch somebody get down on a night spot. It really felt like skateboarding, like that same crew vibe, just very relaxed and cruising around the city. The locals must have tripped on you guys walking around with boards Dude, through they, that city. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> there was a lot of like, what the hell are you doing? Like, this is insane. But people loved it. It was so inspiring for us to to see, you know, because you go to the mountain so much, you don't see, or not even just the mountain, but cities where snowboarding is common. You don't see that shock factor of somebody who's like completely blown away and starstruck by the act of it and is just so excited like that. That makes you so stoked on snowboarding and so hyped to just have fun and enjoy it. And that's, and that's what it's about. Yeah, there's a great uh, testament, too, when you talk about being in Iowa and look, going to a rail, and obviously the locals there are just like, what the fuck is this? This yeah. is horrible. And then you go to downtown New York City, and there's there's a lot more crime. There's a lot more there's a lot more things going on that are a cause of concern that, that they can see it for what it is. You know, I'm sure it's every circumstance is different, but it seems uh, like the police are less uh, stressed out about somebody snowboarding in a park on a rail than in Iowa. So it's interesting how those environments kind of change the perception of snowboarding. Completely. And I think our crew kind of thrives in that environment. It's like, you know, there's not so many, or maybe there's more eyes, but they, they're not so judgmental. You can get away with so much more shit. That's, that's another thing going on. We've been on trips all over the world and you go, I think that like if we, we go to Scandinavia, for example, like uh, it seems as though people, mind their own business more yeah like that that's like mm-hmm. here in the united states people tend to make other shit their business like straight up. oh this person's like snowboarding on this park rail and i walk my dog here once a week this is a personal attack on my life it's like no it's not that's not your fucking business just keep going just keep walking your fucking dog yeah like if you want us to help you get up the stairs we will and we won't make it any more of a hassle for you but like come on dude like it's not that big of a deal. You're right. Scandinavia is so... But they're, they just mind their own business. They, they walk right business. past you. They're like, cool. I'm. This does not affect... Which it doesn't. It just does not affect my day. These guys snowboarding on this picnic table in the park doesn't affect my day. Yeah. Right. I think snow in the U.S. just throws certain people for a loop. Definitely. And in Scandinavia, it's like, it's going to snow. It's just a, a matter point. of Very when. Very Nordic. Yeah. Nordic town. Yeah. They're out there cross-country skiing, running, yeah. biking, walking their dogs. They love Pushing it. their kids. and Yeah, they love just to see that you're outside. Definitely, and I think their culture being a very winter sports-focused culture has a lot to do with that. It's just more accepted as like as a pastime and as a profession. They actually like have respect for what you're doing, and they're not like, oh, some stupid kid is just throwing snow on my stairs and you're just being an imbecile. Like, They actually have respect for you trying to push yourself. And, and make a living, even. Exactly, especially yeah. when they know that's what you're doing. And like, so true. Now, we, you talked about pulling inspiration from skateboarding. You spent a lot of your life dedicated to skateboarding. What uh, what role does skateboarding have in your life? Huge. Like, definitely just as equal as snowboarding. Even though I don't treat it as the same. Like, skateboarding for me is by, for, by far nowadays more of, like, just a fun thing to do. There's no pressure. It's just like, oh, like, I just want to go skate. Whereas snowboarding, I mean, you, you guys know it it can turn into, all right, like, we're we're working hard, you know? Like, it, it it's really fun, but it's a little bit more, it turns into a little bit more of a job, even though it's really fun. So skating's just, like, very relaxed, just the best pastime, and there's just so much more style in skateboarding. There's so much more um, accessibility. 
So it allows for so much style to come through. And it's just, dude, it's the best. It's, like, by far way cooler than snowboarding. Anybody can say what they want, but, like, you can't deny that. Like, skating is the rawest, dopest thing out. I think they're both cool in their own right. I think catching air on a snowboard is fucking awesome. You can't do that unless you hit the mega ramp. But all in all... uh, I agree in a lot of senses. Um, but one thing, going back to what you were saying earlier, I think that the pressures that we put on ourselves as if you're a sponsored snowboarder, the minute you start maybe choosing it as a career path or you're like, this is what I want to do, you start putting pressure on yourself. And it's not necessarily pressure from the brands or anything like that. And I think that that, makes, that takes away from snowboarding at times, also makes it very fun. You get to push yourself. Whereas skating for you know people like ourselves, to me, I, I say it's my golf. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like I go there, I fucking relax. I don't give a shit if I skate like complete trash. And yeah. it's it's like it's golf in a sense. And that's like you know, for people that don't golf. At the mountain you have a reputation to uphold. People you got eyes on you because of who you guys are. So totally it's not like golf. <laughs> yeah. It's stressful. You, just, you go up there and do fifties and you're like, I know somebody on the trip's like this guy's not even good, you know? Yeah. Like, I should be sponsored. I should yeah, have exactly. his spot. But, yeah. I skating. want his spot in the van. <laughs> you're right though skating is it's just so relaxing and um it's such a good pastime i mean it is so good for kids it's so good for adults it can teach you so much about yourself and so much about you know patience and so many good lessons i really think everybody should give it a try even if you don't think it yeah teach you how to fall so humbling just everything about it's amazing Another thing, too, those, I think I say it a lot, but those skate parks are kind of sacred grounds for people that don't have a good place to go, that mm-hmm. maybe don't want to be at home. There's always a place to go, especially ones with lights and a good community. and Friends. Yeah. yeah. People that actually care about you and will have your back. Like Always somebody there, too. Yeah. Just like, oh, fuck them. Somebody lives by themselves in the studio apartment. Go to the skate park. Yeah. Fuck it. The homies will be there. And like you're saying, for somebody that does have a rough home situation, it can be such a support network for them. Obviously, you know, it can also be a place for people to go down the wrong path. But I do wish people would recognize that it really can be a safe haven for people that are struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I wish cities would recognize that. I think maybe in Europe they have, but the state still has a long way to come. Totally. Great point. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Random story. And I remember, for example, quitting drinking for me, I've been, you know, having drank for over four years and talk about it occasionally, but I remember trying to figure out how to live, right. All my friends slam beers at night. Like that's what they do instead of going with them to the bar, which is our routine or hammering beers. The only place where I would just go to the skate park that had lights till 11 and it kind of, it helped me through that process. It was there for me when I needed it. Yeah. So I think that like, you know, talking about those roles of those spaces, I talk about it a lot, but I genuinely believe those spaces are truly important. True, and, yeah, and very especially important. for kids and, and everything else. Um, so, is, yeah, it's good that something like that can just allow you a safe space in a sense. Like a skate park can totally be a safe space, and that's awesome that you were able to use it as a bit of a mechanism and a space to to overcome some things. And you know that that's that's beautiful. Thank you, Coop. Appreciate that. Now, I feel like you got any more patrons you want to hit? I do. Okay. I got a a pretty good one here, and it's good for the tail end of this conversation. This is from uh, Frank Wang. Would love a message of inspiration for the next generation trying to mix writing, content creation, and just kicking ass in general. Hey. That's a great question. That is a really good question. Um, Thank you, Frank was his name? Yep. Um, Thank you, Frank. 
for giving such a good question. I think, as we were kind of talking about earlier, you got to do it for the right reasons. And you got to really understand what it is you want to do. And, and you don't necessarily know how you want to, you don't have to know how you want to do it, but just think about, you know, like what brings you joy and how could you maybe bring that joy to somebody else? Or like, what do you really care about? And just go all in if you can, you know, like any time that you can put towards what you love and what you want to work towards, do it. Like you can't do anything like that easily. It's going to take time. Like you have to just put in the time. I mean, that's, that's like any, anything. If you want to really be stoked on what you're doing, fucking put in insane hours, you know, like try to, try to really become something that you're proud of and create stuff that you're proud of. I love that. That's a great, that's a great, uh, point and and going back to and essentially what he's saying too another to add to that you look at people that are like i i want to get sponsored how do i yeah. get sponsored well let's reverse engineer that a little bit get really fucking good and people will notice yeah like first of all that's yeah. a, that's a big part of it and then i like with you i think of the wu-tang thing the buds always brings up yeah get a sick crew and go all out literally yeah, that's literally. that's you guys, and you got the whole you got half the damn dust box in the garage as our live audience. Yeah, they today. just started showing. Trickling <laughs> they just in. trickle in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't really fuck with them because you got you got to deal with a bunch of them if you try to fuck with one of them. You know. So well, and also you guys are there to help each other out to get the shots that are needed, and completely. you can't do it alone. I mean, no, it's uh, it's a sport where you need a crew, and you need a crew. And, yeah, um, so hopefully these kids are putting their crews together so we can see what uh, the future is going to bring us for the next generation. Yeah, and I think they are. I think you look think at the videos that have been coming out recently. I know there's a couple more that are coming out this fall. Dude, it's sick to see more crews coming about. Like, it's just, it. you, you guys know it hasn't felt like that in a while. It's turned into more like the big crews, and then it's hard to work your way up, but I think maybe snowboarding's shift that I think everybody's seen is, is kind of promoting younger kids getting down with their homies and just having fun. And back to Frank's question, also, don't take it too seriously. You know, you got to have fun. If you're not having fun doing it and actually enjoying what you're doing, like, dude, maybe maybe it's not for you. Yeah, you're supposed to be having fun. You're supposed to be having that is <laughs> that, that is the point of it. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great point. Okay, well, I think we've been we've been doing the damn thing, Coop. It's time to uh, start wrapping this thing up. Now, before we get out of here, do you want to hit some thank yous? Do you have some people in mind? Yeah, definitely. Um, I got, I mean, first off, my family. Huge thank you for everything they've done for me and just being so supportive of, like, my dream. And then a couple other people I could think of would be s- some mentors and coaches that I had early on, like this guy Pete. Libby from Maine, he was, like, definitely steered me in the right direction. And then um, Ian Kirk and over at Kirk's Camp and Chris Waker. Huge shout-out to both of those guys. Um, amazing dudes who and, – and Christian Connors and everybody over there. Like, they just – they were so down-to-earth and really made you realize why you liked snowboarding, why you loved it, and promoted it and, like, set a lot of me and my friends up. To where we are now, and I really have like a lot of, a lot of gratefulness for those guys. And um, one big one would be Dave Massey, massive super, yeah, super. super. Like, I don't think a lot of people know this, but the dust box would not be a thing. Oh, sorry, 
to get emotional, but um, without Massey, dude, he was like, yeah. Um, fuck. He was, uh, he ran the Burton Demo Center up at uh, Mount Hood and influenced a lot of kids. these guys. Yeah. Sorry, I can't really elaborate on it, but yeah, dude. Well, dude, you're, what you're doing yeah. right now says it all, man. It's He's obviously really important to you. And yeah. And I think... Stuff's tough. Yeah, it's tough, dude. And I think as we've kind of grown, you really realize, like, it can be one person that shifts so many people's life. So... Sorry. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'll say dude. sorry. It's yeah. good. You're it's good honoring... To, it's good to let it out. It's okay too, to man. miss your friend, man. It's... <laughs> And I know he that that guy had so many people affected. He affected so many people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many. And dude, he was like just the most loving, like heart, just open armed person. Anybody that walked through that door that needed to stay or just wanted to be a part of it, like dude, you were welcome. Yeah, everyone was welcome. You didn't have to be part of Burton or anything. No, yeah. no. And so fucking thank you, Dave Massey. Well, if he was still here with us today, he'd be damn proud of everything you guys are doing. Yeah. yeah. And then you guys are, that's the best way you can honor somebody is by going out and fucking getting some for the people that can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Straight you guys have been up. doing that. So, man, I'm sure he's, he's looking down and he's fucking proud, dude. Very proud. So, yeah. It's, it's for those homies, you know, you're, you're doing it for those guys like Massey and Ojo or anybody else that, you know, can't be there. You just want to make the homies. Proud that you know that inspired you to do what you do. So, uh, just beautiful. Too many fallen ones along the way, too, man. Yeah. Well, take care of those ones around you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show, Coop. It's Thank been a guys. pleasure, man. It really has been. Yeah, Thank- Coop, I didn't know you were such a good public speaker, too, man. <laughs> I guess I didn't in, either. Coming here <laughs> so well spoken. Well, I want to say so thank much. you guys for everybody that's listening, everybody that's tuning in. We really, really appreciate you guys, and we will see you next week over and out from the bomb hole. Okay, what a great conversation with Coop. He is wise beyond his years. A huge takeaway for me in this conversation is... Take care of your people. Those relationships, the people close to you, that is so important to nourish those relationships. That's all we got. It's more important than all the other bullshit going on. Now, before we get out of here and wrap it up, I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening each and every week, for tuning in, for sharing it on Instagram, for writing us comments and messages, reaching out, and just showing love, man. You guys rule. So thank you guys for supporting the podcast and listening each and every week. It really genuinely means a lot to us. So thank you, and we will see you next week over and out from the bomb hole.